In this Don Bosco story, we'll hear how the Blessed Virgin Mary gave advice to each oratory boy as a gift for Christmas. These messages were very sobering and could be applied to our own lives. You're watching The Miracles and Prophecies of St. John Bosco, a project of America Needs Fatima. I'm your host, Matthew Miller. After Christmas, 1861, Don Bosco was stricken with a skin infection and was bedridden for a few days. However, against everyone's advice, as they feared he would get worse, he rose on the evening of December 31st and went down to the parlor to greet his dear young people gathered there and give them advice for the year 1862. This talk was referred to as Astrena, which in English means gift. At the same time, he promised to give each of them a particularly wonderful and extraordinary gift the next day. The cleric Dominic Ruffino and Father John Bonetti recorded what happened on January 1st, 1862. At the sound of the rising bell, the Angelus, Don Bosco received a command to go immediately to church to celebrate Holy Mass. This he asserted himself, but would not say from whom though it's clear it came from above. So he did. Afterward, he came to the refectory for coffee. He also went to lunch with the others, and, sure of recovery, he sent away all the medicines and dismissed the doctor. One cannot describe the commotion caused by Don Bosco's promise of Estrena. With what impatience they spent the night from December 31st to January 1st and the following day, with what anxiety they waited for the evening to hear what the good father would tell them. Finally, after the prayers, the young people waited in silence for Don Bosco to mount the podium. The saint began, The strona I am giving you is not mine. What would you say if Our Lady came in person to each of you to say a word? If she had prepared for each of you her note to indicate to him what he most needs or what she wants from him? Well, that's exactly what happened. Our Lady gives each one a strena. First of all, however, I want to put some conditions on you. The first one is that you do not disclose the fact outside the house because I could be compromised. The second is this. Whoever wants to believe, let them believe. And if anyone does not want to believe, tear up your note and pay no attention. But don't mock the others at all and beware of ridiculing them. I see that some will want to know and ask, how'd this happen? Did Our Lady herself write the note? Did Our Lady herself speak to Don Bosco? Is Don Bosco Our Lady's secretary? I answer, I will tell you nothing more than what I have told you. I wrote the notes myself, but how this came about I can't say, nor let there be anyone who will take it upon himself to question me for it would put me in a difficult position. Let each one be content to know that the note is from Our Lady. I have been asking for this grace for several years, and have finally obtained it. Let each of you, therefore, consider that note as if it proceeded from the very mouth of the Virgin Mary. I recommend that each one read his own and communicate it to a friend of his, or maybe tear it up if he wishes after reading it, but take care not to mock it. However, I urge you to keep it with great care because I can't keep a copy. 
I assure you that even I don't know what's written on each note, and which one belongs to which one of you in particular. I have written them in a notebook, and next to the note I wrote the name of each young man. Then I cut out the note, and kept nothing but the name so that whoever loses it, or forgets it, that's the end. Since it'll take a long time to give them out, I'll start this evening in my room with all the priests, clerics, and even laymen. Rest well. The clerics, priests, and lay Salesians accompanied Don Bosco to his room and had begun to receive the first fruits of those precious strenae. Father Benetti's recommendation in his chronicle added, O oh, sweetest mother of mine, who gave me such dear advice, also give me the means to accomplish it, and let me truly increase this beautiful number of young men in heaven, but let me also be included in it. February 1862 but what, then, happened on that memorable night? Upon examining the notebook to which Don Bosco alluded, which is preserved in the archives, one can reasonably reproduce what happened and what could not be told by Don Bosco. He was seated at the little table before midnight, when all of a sudden an apparition and a command made him hurriedly take up the first notebook that came to his hand. He then wrote the names of all the youth and all the other people who were in the oratory, but in no alphabetical order. As a name was written, he wrote the corresponding advice that was suggested to him. The name and advice were always contained in one line. Such lines occupied around 20 non-consecutive sheets on one side. There are 573 sentences, or advices, or warnings about things to be practiced or to be avoided, precise, different, and adapted to the needs of each one, encouragement to the good, reproaches to the bad or negligent. It would have been a considerable amount of work, and one would say an impossible task to accomplish this in one evening. It's understood that if his hand wrote these, another person was the mind that dictated them. In fact, as you will see, Certain pieces of advice revealed secrets to be understood and pondered only by those who received them. A strange case happened in those days. Two young miscreants, as Don Bosco narrated several times, conspired to go to his room when he was not there to observe the notebook and see whether there was anything in it about them, or at least to read the advice before they were distributed. And so they managed to get hold of that notebook and eagerly flipped through the pages, but to their surprise, they saw them all blank. So they placed the notebook back where they found it, without having been able to discover anything at all. Don Bosco then narrated to all the assembled youth how those two curious people had been punished by God. Years later, Father Joachim Berto confirmed the same thing with his own words. The young men, meanwhile, hurriedly crowded, somewhat anxiously, to the door of Don Bosco's room to receive their note. The impressions made by these gifts were significant, and the good it produced can't be imagined. The first effect of these gifts was a continuous stream of boys going to confession. For several days, the boys flocked to Don Bosco's room to get their own note. In those days, some were beside themselves with joy. Some were pensive. Some wept, others stood alone. Some showed their advice to their companions, but others kept it jealously hidden. 
The cleric Dominic Rufino collected as many notes as he could to copy and save them for the future. Forty-eight boys accepted to give them, but with few exceptions, the other 525 were not asked or preferred to keep the mysterious notes to themselves. Some hesitated to pick up their note for fear it contained an excruciating truth. After a while, some of them finally went to pick it up, but 13 never did. Here is the tenor of the notes collected and preserved. I quote them here, omitting the names. Your negligence, combined with lack of piety, displeases me. Wake up. You could do far more for the good of your soul. Have recourse to me more often. Fight, and I will help you win. A worm is gnawing at your soul and body. Woe to you if you don't destroy it. Choose better companions. Don't be negligent. Pray better. Endeavor to repair the past with a better future. Why wait? You love idleness and want to pamper your taste, but you displease me and my son Jesus Christ. Woe to you if you do not amend. Your carelessness makes your labors useless. Flee idleness. Study and pray. Frequent the sacraments. Pray better. Be more obedient. Put your conscience in order. Make better use of your time. Pray better. Idleness and gluttony make me worry over you. Amend and pray better. You are very concerned about your body and little about your soul. Death is approaching. Get ready. Meditate more on eternal things. Be constant in piety. Why do you have recourse to me so seldom? These warnings, Father Francis del Mazzo wrote, shows the source and greatness of Don Bosco's gift of scrutinizing hearts as he saw the weakness of each boy, as I myself once experienced. He gave advice to a young man who had been my rhetoric classmate, saying, One does not go to heaven with revolutionary ideas. This expression was prophetic. After leaving the oratory, the young man became a professor and went to Switzerland. There, with the help of Protestants, he soon became the director of a boarding school in one of the cantons. He later became a spokesman for a group of the most furious revolutionaries. Thanks to his eloquent and charming speech, he dominated popular gatherings as a spokesman for the people. He died in his early thirties in the arms of demagogues deprived of the sacraments. St. John Bosco helped a good many of his students by his incredible discernment of their souls. We, too, should have recourse to his powerful intercession and ask him to help us with our material and spiritual maladies. Thank you all so much for watching, and please consider helping me with a small monthly donation by following the link in the description below so that I can continue making videos and reach more people with the precious gift of the stories of St. John Bosco's life. God bless you, and Our Lady keep you.